When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to talk about, obviously, the Rubiales situation here in Spain, the comeback win at Villarreal yesterday, and obviously the transfer window closing. But before we get into today's show, just wanted to highlight our Patreon community. If you are a Kool-Aid without a Pena, consider joining our virtual Pena. Uh, we have a diverse and international WhatsApp group. Obviously, during the matches, it's quite heavy and a lot of fun. Uh, we have uh, Kim, who shares the morning papers every morning, and it's just really a lot of fun. So, you know, if you are a person without a Pena, definitely consider joining our virtual Pena. It's only five bucks a month. And this weekend, we're going to be hosting our first virtual watch party. So that's another benefit as well. The link is in the show notes. Before we get into all the topics, a quick message from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, as I mentioned at the top, we have quite a, a lot to get into today's episode. And joining me today is Craig McGough. Craig, how are we doing? Really good. Thank you. Really good. Um, it's not raining today, which you wouldn't expect me to say that during summer. But for anyone in our WhatsApp group, they'll know the struggles I've been having. Uh, but yeah, life's good. Life's good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Just uh, finishing up the summer here. Uh, I have three weeks to my real vacation, so I'm just counting down towards that. But the good thing, you know, I hate to start with the weather, but it finally is cracking weather here uh, just in time for you to have a nice visit. And mm. yeah, it's going to be like today was 24. So you can't get better. I mean, 24 that's, and sunny. It's not bad, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. All right. Well, we have a lot to get into. As I said, the first thing we have to get into is the Rubio situation just because it is the biggest news in football, especially here in Spain. As I put in our WhatsApp group, it's dominating everything of all media here in Spain. And obviously, it's a major issue, obviously, of um, consent, kissing, power, all the things. And, you know, the news just keeps getting crazier every day. So just a quick recap, obviously, if you've been living under stone, just a quick recap. Obviously, the women win, the, the Spanish women win the World Cup on Sunday. And Jenny Hermosa goes to get her medal, and she is kissed by... The Federation president, Luis Villalobos, without consent, and it was done on national television, and it just started a firestorm with that. Um, again, r- during the week, Hermoso comes out and said it was without her consent, and that just started the firestorm where the rumor was that Rubiales was going to resign last Friday. He then has his press conference, the most, I don't know, unhinged, insane, narcissistic, machista press conference I've ever seen in my life, does not resign. Then FIFA then suspends his duties. He still refuses to resign. Now, as of today, Craig, obviously this a lot of has happened today. The Spanish Football Federation has asked uh, UEFA to suspend the federation, which would include every Spanish team from UEFA competitions. UEFA rejected that. And on top of that, Rubiales' mom basically locked herself in a church in Granada and is on a hunger strike. That is all what is happening in the last seven days here in Spain. And obviously, Craig, as we've been sharing news and talking about, it's just everything. I mean, I know it's, you know, obviously football started this, but again, where we are in 2023, I really hope my my goal with all this is to really have some sort of solution that benefits the whole federation and obviously the mm-hmm. women at most. Because yeah. now when you're looking back, the letter that was written and the way they did it in privacy and the way it was expelled by the Federation, it is amazing to me that the women were able to persevere through this and win the World Cup. It It's almost tricky knowing where to start with it, really, isn't it? And I guess one of the one of the most frustration uh, frustrating parts of it for me is how predictable this is despite the fact that it's almost unprecedented like no it's 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 just really hard to sit on the sidelines as some like you know as a man who feels like they're not a complete and utter arsehole and yet watch these men in power just ride roughshod over the thing that you love you love the most and it's just really sad that in the midst of what should be the greatest moment of of their lives that they're having to go and get through another struggle. Like, and it's just yet another block 
in the path of the lives of women in every single circle of life. Like the glass ceilings that are put in just time and time and time again by these men that have just got such massive issues about their own masculinity and their own worth. And I just find it, I just find it sad. And and that's, that's an incredibly light word to use because I, I just don't have the vocabulary to express just how tiring it is. And yet the minute I say that, I catch myself thinking, right, you're a man, Craig. Imagine how tiring it is being a woman in this walk of life. And it's like, it's not even, and it's the time, the argument time and time again, like it's not about supremacy. It's about equality. You would not see this in male sport. It wouldn't be allowed to happen. And I just don't know where it ends. And I think one of the things that was interesting that you missed off the little list there, mate, sorry, I don't know if you've seen it. It's just happened there is that the Spanish prosecutors are basically saying that they're going to look at this as sexual assault because that's mm -hmm. what it is. Like yeah. it is, it is absolutely unequivocally sexual assault. And I don't know. I don't know what the end game is, right? Because my gut feeling is that Rubiales goes because he will go and just some other idiot is going to yeah. take his place. And I don't understand how oppressed people, I'm in a fortunate position where I've never been in this position. I don't understand how oppressed people continue the fight because it's tiring watching it. And, and, and again, I'm conscious that that statement might be really offensive to people, but where do you pluck up the courage to continue going when it seems like the entire machinations of what's against you is unwilling and unable to change and uh, I, I, it's grim it's just grim yeah no no i agree with those sentiments you know and that's the thing is that that you know again you know i, I like i just been watching the media and the people who are on rubio's side you know saying that it's not a big deal it's just a little kiss and this and it's like that's that's the point you know if you went and did that to a stranger how would they react right that's how i kind of just look at that in that that sense Again, like you said, it's grim. I really hope that somehow uh, it gets intervened and that it's there's they clean house because this is not only with Rubiales, but this is also the men and the people that stand up and gave him a standing ovation in that unhinged speech that he had in agreement. Because again, why are they doing that? Because they know they are connected by money and power in the Spanish Federation. And that's, you know, we saw the same type of thing with FIFA, you know, with all the whole scandals and stuff with mm. bladder and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you, you hope that there's a red, you know, a, not a revolution, but a renovation of new, new leadership. We see this with Infantini right now. And it's the same BS, you know, it just doesn't go away. Right. Especially with his, his speech at the women's world cup. Right. Uh. And it's like all the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> Completely. Uh, you know, not understanding the climate and of, of course the event, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, again, I, I, we have to talk about this because it's such a massive issue here in Spain and it is hovering around not only with FC Barcelona's status, they need to, I think they need to do a little bit more because they are a powerful player in all this. I understand that they get money and there's, there's something, you know, obviously political that they don't want to full on go full fire against Rubiales in the Spanish FA, but Man, it's just it's just really, like you said, sad, grim, and all this stuff. Because we like this past week should have been celebration of the women, hundred percent, ac accomplishing this amazing feat in, a, in basically in six years. You know, essentially going from start with terrible coaching, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, it's, it's with just, terrible resources. You know, that's the thing. It's just wild, and like I don't know if you've seen it, but there's rumors coming out that like that one of the reasons why they can't go after Rubiales is because he's got some yeah. some dirt on some politicians, and you just think sure. uh, like. At what level do you 
like what what comes first like what comes first do you become this horrendous type of person and then get the job or does the job make you into that and that's why when we talk about like you said that you need we need to clean house and the sentiment couldn't be any any like any more obvious but do you trust any of them to do it like no, do, do you do you genuinely believe like i mean if we look at it, the, the only the only thing I can think of where there's a, there's been a similar disparity about what reality needs to look like and what it does look like is probably racism in sport, which we're still miles Correct. away from yeah, conquering. Yeah. Right, we're miles away. Look at what happened to Vinicius Junior. Look at what happens on an almost weekly basis somewhere in world football. But it, it is undoubtedly better than it was. It is still miles away, but it's better. That was self policed. I'd look at this issue and I just think the the disparity of men to women in global football is so stark that I don't see it being self-policed. You know, yes, as fans, we have to make a stand, but fundamentally there's only so much we can do. We can sure. we can punish clubs, but can we truly punish a federation? Like, I, I, I don't know what you do because apart from, I mean, if, if I just take, if I just take Scotland, like I think Scotland are going to play six internationals, eight internationals this year. We've got eight chances where we can make a statement about something. That's fine. But ultimately, as a club, you've got 38 chances to do that. And then you've got season tickets. You don't get season tickets for international games. So if I look at it at the kind of global machination level, how do fans bottom up manage FIFA and UEFA and then a federation? How do you how do you do that? So it has to be self-policed. The media have to get involved. There has to be there has to be a solution to this. But I don't see it. Yeah. And that's really defeatist. But I don't see it. Like, I don't understand how we rid all of these horrible people from sport when they're also the same people that are in politics. They're also the same people that are in business. They're also the same people that are basically running every element of what we need to do because they're all just in this big boys club of toxic masculinity. And I don't, I don't see it changing. And I, I just, it's saddening, man. Yeah. And just to tie this off, you know, I think one of the things when I was watching the speech live, I said, you know, I even tweeted this. I said, is he going Wolf of Wall Street with this? You know, and sure enough, he did, you know, and this idea that he kept saying that it's false feminism against him. is just like I just oh my god, it's just so blinded by what is actually happening, you know, and again. I don't know what the right answer is with cleaning house of the Federation. I just hope I just want him removed because I just want to show that there's accountability for this actions and you can't just hold your ground. Yeah. Now I understand that there is, you know, not only is it the president, but also the territorial presidents that are also at fault because they're the ones that receive the money. That's why they gave the state ovation because they have to so support because if they don't, I'm sure Rubiales has threatened them saying, if you don't do this, I'm not going to give you any money, you know, and make it sure that yeah, it doesn't happen and it has power. And really quick, just to answer your question, I think it's, it's, I think you do have this in you and then it just becomes bigger as you gain more power. I think that's how it becomes because if he was truly a president of vision, equality and stuff like you wouldn't care about the power and the money, man. You just be care about growing the sport and the money and the power comes with it. You know, like, do you need that much more money? Do you need yeah. that much more power? You know? And I know when you get in positions, obviously we've seen it in FIFA and, and different organizations, the more you get the power, you know, you, you keep going and you just, you basically and stop. There's, there's got to change though. Right. There's got, there's got to start yeah. being some level of accountability. Like it, it's, it's gone too long and it's it's these people that use words like walk as if that's a negative snowflake as if that somehow removes someone from the ability to be offended by this ridiculous behavior that people have got like at what level 
is global football going to look at this and say it's gone too far? Because if it isn't now, when you've got stands being closed left, right and centre for racism, when you've got the absolute shambles that we're seeing in, in women's football, we've got, you know, it's unprecedented levels of just crap noise in the modern era because social media is now so prevalent that you see it a lot more. I don't understand what the tipping point will be. If it's not this because of the publicity that it's getting globally, I don't understand what the tipping point will be in women's football. If, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult I, without going around in circles, to be honest. Because I'm yeah, yeah, for sure. By the whole concept of it, I think I think if we were if I were to be a pure optimist, I would just say that you know with FC Barcelona with the feminine, I think they have a lot of clout and a lot of power. They will continue to put more resources, and hopefully that gets shared, and then that elevates the rest of the league and the rest of this thing. So I look at it that way. I I, I really need to see. Some sort even of action. Then, Say again. E- even then, like that statement. I know, I know, I know. Come on, man. Like that's not we 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 say it a lot, but we can't espouse to be Mescu and Club and then put out this five out of ten yeah, middle yeah. of the road. We we can't do that. Like I know what you're saying. Like I regularly hold is... up Barca Femini as an example of what win- women's football could be in terms of coverage and scale, but then it's all if, if you can't go out to bat when someone needs you rather than when it makes you look good, then I'm sorry, but you, you, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it. Like that statement could and should have been a hundred times stronger than it was it, with, without it being difficult, without it being controversial. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, we know that there is power handshakes and money behind the scenes with all this. That's, that's the issue. You know, that's, unfortunately the issue anyway let's let's get into yesterday's match I, you know i really hope there's some resolution that comes sooner or later because yeah it's been dominating the headlines here and it's just been nuts it's just been nuts the the twists and turns that happens every day be really quick if you want more information on this a great follow on twitter is semra hunter who is a presenter on la liga tv she's done an amazing job of really highlighting what is going on, sharing really pertinent information. So if you're more interested in this idea and want to help out or just read more about it, definitely have her follow and just read her tweets. All right, let's get into yesterday's victory, road victory at the Estadio de Ceramica on the east coast of Spain. Uh, Barcelona get the 4-3 victory. We were talking in the WhatsApp and we were, you know, you know, at points we were like, this is going to be a long match. Uh, your boy Sergio Roberto had a long match as well <laughs> on defense, mm-hmm. but obviously we need to start with the star of the player, and that's Marcos Alonso. I mean, just kidding, Lamine <laughs> Ball. Obviously, getting all the praise from you know uh, for what he did yesterday. He played seventy-five minutes, just an outstanding performance for this sixteen-year-old who has electrified Kules on social media, and obviously just with the movements that he's had, the conviction that he dribbles with. And the pace that he has, right? I mean, that's the other thing. So my question to you is, uh, the first question I have is, um, has Rafinha lost his job there? I hope not. I hope not. And the reason I say that isn't anything to do with Lamine Mal's talent is the fact that if you look at every young player that we've got in the squad, they share two traits. One, they're very, very, very good. Two, they're very injury prone because we're just Mm. using them too much. So I think... I think it would be folly to go and throw him in 90 minutes, 80 minutes every game. Um, but I think if you're a Rafinha, you look at it and say you've absolutely got competition. So do I think he should be an absolute stalwart for 90 minutes every game of the season? I, I, I really would not agree with that as a plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 promising for everyone bar Rafinha, I would say. Yeah, and, I, and I'm kind of, I want him to be a sub. 
and come in for 20 solid minutes. I think that is where it is most needed, especially if you're going to have Rafinha start. And I think it also preserves him to not, you know, to save maybe some potential injuries that way. He's getting 16. That's the thing. I just, can't, mm. I still can't imagine being 16 playing at this stage and the confidence that he's been showing. Now he did have a couple, you know, opportunities or not opportunities, but via real had really kind of exp- found something with his defense a little bit, but that's, you know, that's totally understandable. He's 16. Uh, they really exploited that wing, but again, I'm again, I just can't get over Craig. Uh, the product we continue to produce at this level is yeah. just insane to me. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 yet another one, right? And the yeah. timing, the timing couldn't be better. I mean, you know, without without bringing this down a level, like we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Obviously, like we've had a few of these over the years who have been the next big thing for six weeks, and then we've we've slowly got you know sure. bored of them. I mean, you look around the Liga, There's so many of them that were once the next best thing. I think what's different about Lamine from what we've seen so far is that there isn't a glaring weakness that you'd want him not to have like you mentioned there about him working backwards I mean the last person to occupy that position long term wasn't that much of a fan of defending either and he did all right with his seven ballon d'or or whatever he's got um and so I think you know that if you look at his his actual play with the ball the, the way he creates space the way he attacks defenders just that directness the unpredictability the fact that he's willing to take a shot we can also pick a pass I just think he's got everything going for him, and and it's now us to it's us to, it's uh, I can't even speak it's us to break. You know he's got all the raw materials to be otherworldly. He now needs managed, and he needs saved from himself a little bit. I think he needs he needs to make sure that his place is is a sensible one, and that we don't we don't go too fast with this guy. And I know what you're saying about you know he should come on for twenty minutes. I think I think I would my gut feeling is he should go the other way, which is that I would where possible, allow him to start so that he can get a feel and dictate play. I think it's harder coming in, but I think the principle remains, which is that neither of us see him as 90 minutes every week. And I think that's sure. that's the important part. How you use him, I think, is very different. The other thing I find interesting in what you've said there, and, and I don't know my opinion, and it just came in my in my mind there, is it's interesting that we're talking about him or Rafinha when, when we don't have anyone obvious to play on the other wing. It's interesting that we almost seem to be conditioned now that we will not play two wingers. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad, um, I, I think the Gavi experiment is working because of Gavi, not because it's the right system. Um, so I would I would be intrigued to see if we can get Rafinha and Jamal in at some point because we look we look good when people are wide and attacking a defence. We just aren't able to do it on both sides of the pitch right now. So I think that's an interesting one for Chavi as well. Which is, do you are you able to and do you want to back both of these horses at the same time? Yeah, I think I think we are conditioned now, you know, obviously, since we don't have a pivotal winger over there that we just kind of accept that it's just flooding the midfield and mm. Gavi part time flooding that area. I mean, we saw him score a goal from a Lamine Yamal assist, you know, and so mm. again, I think one of the things that really excites me is I'm always looking for someone, especially a winger taking shots right on the edge of the box to create that chaos, right? Because mm. that's, you know, your main job as a forward is to score goals, you know? And I like that he's hungry already to make that happen. I mean, he hit the post, what, two or three times yesterday. One of them with the post, it led to the Lewandowski goal. And that's the kind of chaos that you need to happen on the edge of the box because now when he's going to be on film, defenders can't just lay off him. And then maybe he does one more move and then can cross. So again, it's, you know, finding those moments. But again, he is electrifying. And again, I I just think with his youth, I think... I think there's just more value bringing him in the last 15 minutes because then he's not expected to. Maybe I take that back. I I was 
I, 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 take, I, I take your point. I take your point. Yeah. I, I think it does protect him from, it protects him from having to be rigid in a system, from being known as a starter. Like it exactly. allows him, to come, it allows him to come in and try and make something happen. And if he does, exactly. he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I get exactly what you're saying. I think there's, I think there's merit to it. Um, but at the same time, I also think the ability to kind of build that build it into a game, I think, is priceless. I think sure. you know, there, there is a role for that superstar. I mean, you look at Darwin Nunez in the Premier League yesterday. I would never start him. Yet he comes on, and I think a lot of time because he doesn't know what he's doing. Defenders don't know what he's doing, and they're tired and there's fatigue there. So I, I, I think there's definitely an element of, of that happening. I think Chabi's going to have to pick and choose his matches. Like I look forward to Villarreal away every season because it's just fun. And, and I said it in our WhatsApp yeah. group yesterday. I didn't really care whether we won or lost that game yesterday. I don't normally care if we win or lose. I, want, I just want to be entertained. Like I'm not playing. It's not my win bonus. I, 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 I've long, long been able to forget about whether we win or lose. I, I, I want to watch us play good football, enjoy myself, feel like we're trying to do the right things. So irrespective of how yesterday went, I wouldn't have been that bothered. But what was really nice to see yesterday was two teams that were trying to play football. They weren't trying to kick each other off the park. Sure. So if you're a chap, you look at Limin Yamal and you think, okay, that, that's a game for him. When we're going away to these grounds up north in winter and we're off to Osasuna and we're off to Hatafe, like sorry, when Hatafe come again, I think you look at it and say, do we want to do we want to give him that start? And it's to protect him. I don't think it's I don't think it's about fear, it's about managing risk. And so I think you can pick and choose. And if the game the game doesn't need to risk him. I think we need to be comfortable not playing him as well to an extent, and he and he has to accept that there'll be there'll sure, be times sure, sure. Fit for him to start for him to come on and from not to play. He has to he has to be rather he has to accept the role that he may not play all the time, but he has to mm. take the training right those practice yep. sessions, the film sessions. Those are the things that he needs to learn from the professionals, right? Like Lewandowski, the veterans, to see how they act, to yeah. hopefully translate to better success behind the scenes right because you know as we see you know from what we're seeing already we're excited because of what he the potential he has again yeah. i would say also just the no fear aspect that, that he has as well just being young you know mm-hmm. um I, I was just thinking about this yesterday watching the matches it's like i mean you're telling me who, who doesn't dream right or had dreamt 16 walking onto Barcelona and making an impact. I mean, geez, mm-hmm. right? like this is this is like the boyhood dream of any footballer, and he's making it happen at 16. And, and to your point, like you said, something to you know playing those 70 minutes and learning how to play into that. I mean, he's got next year to do that or the year after that. You know, 100%. I mean, that's a, that's the thing. So again, I'm I will we will be very curious to see how Chabi um, manages this because you know people are very excited, obviously, because you know when you watch the match and him in the match. It's exciting. It's attacking. Mm-hmm. We're actually looking mm-hmm. like we're hungry for goal. And there's definitely been uh, quite a difference, you know, whoever else is playing on that header. All right. Let's go on to the defense because I think when we saw the lineup with Sergio Roberto Marcos Alonso on the outside, you know, there was a lot of talk about this lineup and why Chavi went with this, obviously with Arahu injured, giving Balde a rest essentially. But man, um, I don't think he should ever have this lineup in this because I think there's just not enough speed on the sides. We saw Sergio Roberto a couple times just on a swivel, you know. And again, I, I, he's he's just better as a midfield, you know. He he's not good as a last man. And Marcos Alonso got cooked a couple times just on speed alone. What did you think about the defensive setup yesterday? And obviously, we're going to talk about the signing of Joao Cancelo, so that's probably uh, going to help out a lot. But you know, what did you think about the defensive pairing uh, yeah, yesterday? I think- you know, kind of on a, on just you know, I know we. We, we were kind of just, you know, with the start of the season, 
you know, we're, we're right there at the table. We've had up and down performances, I would say, but I just, I don't know. I just, the lineup to me was a, a weird decision with Alonzo and Roberto starting. That's it. I mean, for, for me, the things that jump out is I actually didn't think Alonzo played that badly, to be fair. I think he, he got a lot of unnecessary stick because as a defense, we looked slow. I think in, in isolation, his performance was okay. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was, you know, six and a half out of 10. I think he, he's passable. Um, He's also got, I think his reputation is worse than he is. Like, Mark Alonso is a, he's a decent player. Anyway, so yeah, I think Was. that one is under. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, if, 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 if Alonso moves on, he goes to a team that's playing decent level European football. And I think that says a lot. He'll he'll go to a decent club. He's not going, he's not going to go and play for Betis. He's not going to go and play. Like, anyway, it was by the by. I thought he, I thought Alonso was okay. Is he, is he who I want to start? Obviously not, because we've got Balde. But he is what he is. I thought he was okay. Sergio Roberto, however, is the main talking point, right? And and obviously my my caricature Especially, about how, yeah, exactly. how how I love Sergio Roberto is like <laughs> it is what it is. But my my thinking about Sergio Roberto is is he was exactly what he is, which is he is a centre midfielder, an aging centre midfielder, being asked to play at right back against one of the most attacking teams in the league. Like, what did you what do you reasonably expect from him? So I don't think the debate is Sergio Roberto's done. Sergio Roberto's washed. Sergio Roberto's terrible. No, like let let's actually look at the the factors that got that player there. Like Sergio Roberto is stuck in at right back so many times to try and cover for the fact that we've never replaced Danny Alves. Like we knew, we knew that unless Kunde or Aljo could play there, we had no right back. Why are we still? pursuing Joe Cancelo, who is for all intents and purposes a free agent, effectively. City don't want him. They're willing to let him go with reasonable levels of ease from what we can gather with the fact that the rumour is that it's a loan with no real fee and no option, uh, sorry, no mandatory option. Why are we three games in with no right back? So I think in, in, uh, the, the narrative absolutely is entitled to be Sergio Roberto did not have a good game. Absolutely. Like you'd have to be an idiot not to think that. But why is there no complicity on the board for still having to play an aging centre midfielder at right back? Why? Like, we needed Sergio Roberto more than we needed Gundogan. We needed Sergio Roberto more than we needed Inigo Martinez. Sorry, we needed a replacement for right back. Sorry, more than we needed Inigo Martinez or Gundogan. Arguably not Ariel Romeo, but that—that's that was my big take. Which is, what did you expect? Did he perform worse? Did he did he perform worse than you would expect him to perform? Is the question I would ask back. Oh no, but that but that's also kind of my point too. Is you know knowing that you're playing at the Ceramica, which is a you know smaller field, quicker field, this type of thing, the mm -hmm. setup, right, and understanding what is going to happen before, and then putting Sergio Roberto in kind of a role where he's going to not succeed, right? And that's what I'm. I'm yes, of course, we can say yes. The board need to get a right back. They're still. I mean, we did that today, but I'm just saying like. You know, these type of moments where, you know, I'm, I put in the WhatsApp group that Kike Setien, you know, exploited that right, that left side all all match long, you know, and to me, how does Chavi not look at these things? And I know it's at La Liga match day three, like we shouldn't overreact to all this because it's such a long season. But again, these are just like these little mini moments where I just, it frustrates me because we have enough good players to cover that up. You know, our midfield played really well yesterday without Pedri. You know, I would say Gavi, Gundogan. I mean, Gundogan has uh, not surprised me, but I definitely, man, he he is a nice uh, <laughs> backup to have to Pedri. You know what I'm saying? Like when Pedri's not yeah. there, it's like, you know, it's definitely a nice uh, signing to have there. Again, I'm just looking to maximize as much as possible. Yeah. And again, you know, with Sergio Roberto, I just don't think that happens. And, you know, I, 
to me, I don't know. I don't know what that is, like what that lineup looks like to make that better, you know, but I just, man, I just, I poor mean, Sergio Roberto, would, because, you know, like we said, like he gets the, the call to start. Sure. I'm sure he's excited, but man, he just, we all know he's not an exceptional right back a couple of times, you know, just getting caught on a swivel back, give and go type of things. And again, I just, you know, these are the little I, moments that lead up to tactical decision-making. Absolutely. Forward, and a hundred percent. And like, Again, it's it's not about me defending Sergio Roberto overly. Like he had a bad game, but imagine what would happen if we put Gavi there. Yeah, Gavi yeah, is I know. Fundamentally, a centre midfielder as well. And I just think there's. So I just think the angle, the angle I saw yesterday about it, in my opinion, was just skewed. Which is, it was, it seemed to be ninety percent on Sergio Roberto and ten percent on the system. Like if it was me, I'd look at it and I think, right, okay, I understand he's not happy to play there, but I'd have put Koundé at right back, probably put Eric at centre half, okay. and. And and yeah. had at least and had at least a defensive players that could play that position. Alonso was fine. Alonso, what about, what Alonso about this? would have been okay at left back. Sure. And what about this? Is like maybe not being so high, you know, on the line. Like I, oh, I totally. You know, like totally. that. I think I think that adjustment right there is a difference between Sergio Roberto getting caught off thirty yards and ten yards. You know, when you have everything in front of you, right? I obviously this idea of the high line is risk and reward. I get that. We're pressing and all this stuff. But at the same time, when you know it's going to be a match at the Ceramica, like there's a back and forth match, I just feel you don't have to be as aggressive with the line because the amount of times that you're going to have the counter, I think you you just be more sound on defense, you know? Yeah, that yeah. to me is like a, a, an adjustment that you can definitely do. You don't have to be as aggressive on the high line. I mean, we don't have the speed, so why would you do that, you know? Just yeah. to take a quick analogy on, on NFL, it's like if you don't have the wide receivers to do a running gun, you have to adjust, right? You have to go maybe to more running type of offense just for that match, mm -hmm. you know, because maybe you have injuries. And adjusting that high line, as I, I think is a very simple fix, that any and you tell your players we're not going to play as high. Okay, great. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to see everything in front, and I'll be okay. You know, instead of yeah. having stuff go in front. So I think those are just yeah, kind of think, maybe. Go on. So I, was, I, th I think it's no. one that Chavi would probably would probably want back. In fairness, and I think hindsight's always twenty twenty. But sure, I think in, sure. in hindsight, he probably wants it back. I think it's probably there's a couple of things that come off the back of it. Number one, I think it's hopefully one of the last times we see Sergio Roberto play there because it sounds like with, to your point, it sounds like we're fixing the problem with Cancelo, but it also sounds like his plane that was coming to cancel. So we'll see what happens with that. Classic oh theater, <laughs> theater Barcelona. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But it, sound, it sounds like that's fixed between, between Cancelo, assuming he comes in sure. and Araujo and Koundé. Well, yes, we've got two unwilling right, uh, right backs, but we've got an out and out right back. So hopefully it's the last time we see that. Um, I also think the injuries that we've got on resting players means that hopefully that doesn't happen again anyway. So hopefully it's the last time we see it. We got away with it. And we move on. But I just think it was a bit of a perfect storm of players that don't really have pace. Sorry, a player that doesn't have a pace playing there against a team that want to exploit it with a manager that although he failed at us a little bit is is technically astute and it didn't take a lot from to target. I mean, it was Chavi called it out. You know, they, they saw it, they exploited it, they went for it. So it's a bit of a perfect storm, really. But fundamentally. I just think there's talk that we're going to try and sign an, an, another another midfielder today. You know, Laporta said one and one. Yeah. We'll come on to that in a little bit. There's talk of another midfielder. It, it, it to me, there's just the right. If you contrast exactly that, which is we need to sort sort a right back out. We've just seen why we need to sort a right back out, and yet Laporta is still chasing these show ponies. Like, come on, man, fix the problems. We knew it was coming. Why are we now? To me, the the the, the massive priority in the summer had to be a right back. And yet, the last position we're in theory going to sign is a right back. We need a we like we need a ten, fair enough. But we can ride that. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. So of course. That, that that's my biggest frustration, which is I understand that most right backs don't sell shirts, but they also win you games. Correct. They win you more games. That's the thing. Yeah. As, um, but again, I would say, as you pointed out in our WhatsApp group, you know, it was a fun uh, match to watch. It's going back and forth, mm. left and right, which was awesome. Great, yeah. Again, we, we are being entertained. I think that's always going to be the key. And I would say this is the first match in a long time where – I was happy with our counterattacking chances, the chances that we were going mm -hmm. forward with, and obviously just the goal output. You know, it's I think it's the first time in many, many, many games where we hit the four goal mark. You know, even though we didn't win four nothing, we came back, we showed some grit, and obviously mm -hmm. Lewandowski got off the schneid on there. So again, uh, and Ferran scored as well. Ferran scored mm -hmm. that nice, nice finish. So, so again, all around, I would say trending in the right direction, especially with Real Madrid. Uh, word just came out today that Vinicius is going to be out four to six weeks. He actually tore his muscle. Mm. So it looks like it's going to be more on the six-week side. Um, and I think this is the chance where Barcelona could get some points because as we talked about in our preview show of La Liga, you know, my 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 crazy outtake, did you ever see Bellingham being the leading scorer? <laughs> crazy. But I mean, yeah. what yeah. I – I don't often I don't often watch Madrid games if I'm honest, but I've watched a lot this season, just because I'm intrigued to see what they sure. do. Just because I think it could crumble at any minute. Um, but my God, what a player he is! Like yep. he, yep, yep. he is incredible. And I I just think the, the the thing that we've got to remember is that yes, they've got Bellingham who's incredible, but we've got a few of those that sure. should be able to do that. We need to protect them. We need to exploit them. We need to maximize that. And the only way that we get that true level from those players is we start plugging the gaps. You know what I mean? We need a, we need a right back. We probably need a better backup keeper. So I think we need to make sure that we understand that we've got these diamonds, but we also need to make sure that we're building a decent squad around them. Cause I think if you look at Madrid, if Bellingham gets injured tomorrow, God, I don't, I, I don't want it to happen. Like yeah, I, don't yeah, want yeah. To get injured. I don't want that. But if Bellingham all of a sudden pulls up in training tomorrow, Jesus, they look worse than, yeah, than, sure. than they do now by a distance. We can, we can mitigate that if we just get a few sensible sign-ins. That's the thing. And I think this is the chance we're right there. We can definitely uh, take advantage of the situation, you know, obviously being in the beginning of the month. And now let's just go to the transfer window. We have a couple of days before close. We're recording this on Monday, Monday evening. Uh, like we just talked about, Jao Cancelo is pretty much signed, sealed and delivered. I mean, Fabrizio has mentioned, here we go. So mm -hmm. that usually means that's, that's happening. He did have 154 appearances for Man City, 15 for Bayern last season. And you know, as you said, he's, I mean, when was the last time we had a right back like this? A solid right back, physical, knows how to pass, understands the system because he obviously played in Pep system. So it's not, it shouldn't be uh, a major transition to, to Barca style. But again, I think this obviously solidifies the back line in a way that our defense now is one of the top in Europe. I'm 100%, 100%. I mean, my only concern with him, is something that I have no reason to really, really worry about because I'm not in that locker room. Which is, I've just used the word locker room. Your Americans <laughs> are getting to me. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not in that, I'm not in that dressing room. Which is, he went from being probably, probably the best fullback in Europe for a period. I would yeah, say. Yeah. I don't say. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, no, to no. All of a sudden, be complete, completely frozen out, and then two clubs have decided they don't want him. That yeah. raises big alarm bells for me. Which is, what is he doing? What, how, how is he acting? What, what is going on off the pitch? Because fundamentally he's an, he's a phenomenal player what's happening so that's the only unknown for me which is are we getting a bad egg well i mean the good thing is he's on loan 
So we get to kick the tires True. on this player, right? So it's not a complete commitment that he's going to be here for the long term. We are, we do have the option to buy, obviously. But again, that is, you know, one of the things I always look at is, okay, when Pep freezes you out, what did you do? Because there has to have been something, right? And obviously mm-hmm. I was looking before. There's a rumor that there was a dust up at the training ground after the World Cup and that happened. But, you know, to me, I think there's there has to be more to it than just one dust up, right? There may be something with the yeah. attitude. But again, I think the other thing too, guys, you just pointed out is that Bayern Pat on him after the yeah. uh, half a season though he made 15 appearances and so you know i want to be optimistic on this and say that hopefully there's a fresh start for him he knows yeah. he's going to be the outright starter uh he's coming to barcelona which is always you know big club big dreams and i think he he solves so many of our issues uh mm-hmm. going, i mean now we don't have to think about that you know you just like him and balde kunde christensen Arahu in the middle. Like that to me is lovely. And then anything in front. And now we can play any type of line. <laughs> now yeah. we can play any and type then, of line. Then, well, well, that's it. I mean, look at look at the midfield that you've got in front of that as well, which is yeah. so you, you, you've got Ter Stegen, who's one of the best in Europe. Incredible form. I didn't think he'd be able to replicate his form from last season, but he's he's he started really well. Look at you know, you've got options in, in, in that defensive line, absolutely. You look at the midfield that we can put out, incredible. Lewandowski will come good. I'm I'm fairly sure of that. And then you, you've got Yamal, you've got Rafinha, and then I think we're probably we're probably that's the one area you look at that left hand hand side and you think, mm, what do we do there? But you know, if you look at the the team that we're building on a relative shoestring, relative, yeah, yeah. and with all the problems that we have, and I, I don't think it's unrealistic to start looking at the champions. I know I, I completely rubbished it at the yeah, start yeah, of the season, but it's not unrealistic to say that that team could do something. Considering where we could and should maybe be, that's a hell of a team to have put together on on the circumstances that we built upon. I think for the left side, that becomes Balde's side. And I think you're going to let Balde have more chances on the left side, knowing that you're going to have more solid on the right in the middle that could maybe cover that area when he gets caught up. Mm-hmm. I think... I think maybe that is something that you look at because, you know, before, you know, you say, okay, Balde, take your chances, but be smart when you want to do it. Now, with being solid on the right and having two mobile center mid- center defenders, maybe you let Balde take even more chances to occupy that left side yeah. and have those defenses think about different things like that. But maybe that, yeah, that's something that, that evolves, you know? I can see the logic, and I think also if you look at, the way Romeo and Frankie De Jong are playing together. I mean, my God, Frankie De Jong yesterday was incredible. We Correct. can't we can't do this episode and not. Oh, yeah, what yeah, a yeah. player! Um, but if you look at the you look at how mobile that part of the pitch now is, the idea of us now covering for a marauding fullback isn't ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas, you know, let's see let's see Sergio Roberto Sergio Roberto. I mean, actually, I Sergio Roberto as well. But let's see Sergio Busquets in a foot race with someone like we could, we obviously couldn't do it. So I think I don't think that's without merit at all. I think you might see that, but. Um, it's exciting again, isn't it? Like yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think it's it's actually quite. I, you know what? You know why refreshing. I think it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's exciting for me. It's because it's not top tier transfers that we brought. We had to be smart about mm-hmm. how we lined this team up with the financial, you know, limitations that we've had. And I think to me that is ultimately how you build a better team because you have to really think about the pieces. We are so lucky that we're able to plug and play these youngsters already. Balde, mm-hmm. Pedri, Gavi, Rahu, Kun. I mean, like think about the age of these kids, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All on stuff. Like 
that is helping our situation tremendously because in other teams that are going to play these youngsters, there's definitely a talent drop off, right? And we're not seeing that. Obviously, with the stability now with Frankie de Young, Gundogan now with Romeo, like that is really, really solid. And now it's just trying to figure out the chemistry because just to end up on this, Lewandowski, Ansu, I don't know what is going on there with that chemistry and Rafinha mm -hmm. Lewandowski. Is it Lewandowski? I don't know. You think he's going to come good? I'm still a little bit worried about his form because, again, though he scored yesterday, I don't know. Like It's it's just a weird thing that's happening with him. He's just not getting those chances like he used to. And when he does get those chances, I mean, yes, he did convert on the tap-in yesterday. But, again, there's just I just never see him involved in the right way as you would want to be as a forward. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, He's yeah. in the box, and he doesn't get service. He's outside the box, and it goes past him. You know what I'm saying? Like It's always yeah. like the opposite of that. Yeah, I, I agree, and I I just don't see it lasting for fifty games. You know, that that's my you know it's 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 I optimism. Hope not. <laughs> um, but you know, I just think he's he's too he's too good not to be there or thereabouts by the end of the season. But yeah, I agree. His form's an interesting one. I, for example, I would have started Ferran yesterday. Um, yeah, so would I. Uh, and I don't think um, you know. I don't think Lewandowski's goal necessarily changes my opinion on that. Um, so you know, I think there's an element of me thinking, let's see what Ferran can do, but. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know Lewandowski will get will get service. I think he'll come good. I think we have the nicest area to have concerns about in that sense. For sure, um, for sure. I think we can find goals elsewhere. Um, but I think Xavi now is playing with a full deck, pretty much. Assuming Cancelo comes in, you know, I think a lot of the struggles where we were shoehorning players in hopefully have now gone. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's an exciting time, and we'll see what happens in the rest of the window. Laporta saying one plus one. I still hope it's not Jao Felix. No, yeah. Um, yo, yo tampoco. I, I don't. I don't no, want that no, happening. You know? it's like <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It, it, it no, doesn't make no, sense no, to no, me no, for, no. for ne ne neither the player nor the club. No. Um. Not nor for Atleti, in all honesty, because what happens yeah. if it does come good and he goes and puts goals past them? So I hope it's not that. But then at the same time, you know, the links as as we discussed in the WhatsApp group yesterday or today, whatever it was, is Lukaku doesn't fit our system at all. No. no um. No. So I don't know who that. I don't know who that plus one is, nor who it needs to be. If I'm being really honest. Yeah, I just want to finish on this. I just want to make sure that it's not that I think Ferran is a better striker than Lewandowski. I just want to have it set across the line that, you know, it's a competitive team. You're going to be chased. If you are not informed, there's another person next what, next person in line. Mm -hmm. I think that's just ultimately going to push this team. You know, Lewandowski five years ago, you pencil him in the whole time. But now yeah. I'm sorry, like. I need goals and I need to try different things if you're not scoring. And I think maybe that helps a little bit. I don't know. That's just the way I always looked at, you know, especially a team of Barcelona's caliber. I think competition is healthy because that just keeps everyone uh, in Trufalo with that. Anyway, uh, we'll finish with that. We, we, we spoke a lot today, Craig. Um, I don't know if you have any last thoughts on, on the weekend and, and so forth. Just, 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 just one little grenade to throw before right, we right. go. Is that the last <laughs> time we see Ansu Fati in a Barca shirt? Ooh, uh, I don't think so. No, I have a feeling no. it goes. You think I have a feeling so? it goes. Yeah, I think so. I think he looked, he looked a pretty unhappy figure. Disinterested. Um, yeah, disinterested a little bit. I think his performance was grim. And um, personally, I think he's. I, I got some stick a little while ago for saying that Ansu Fati's finishing was dreadful. And I think if you look at his goal return, I don't think I'm wrong. Um, and I just think yesterday, if you look at the, you look at how wasteful he was with a few chances. Admittedly, he had. Yeah. If you look at the way his relationship seems to be with some of the squad, um, I just, I don't know. I have a feeling that we see. I think the one out is the one. Sorry, the one plus one is telling. 
I think I think I think Antu Fati goes. I think that might be the last time we've seen him in a Barca shirt. I mean, I, I hope not. Obviously, we talked in the preseason about our yeah. expectations and all that stuff. But you know, there's some, again, you know, I hope we don't go down the same road with Lamine. You know, in that it's a young prodigy coming through, has success yeah. early. You know, obviously gets injured and then all of a sudden can't find the form and can't find his, you know, to me, I still feel like he's not playing the proper position because he still looks out of place. And again, you, you know how it is, is, is when you are doing a job that you are not interested and not fit for, you don't, you can't put the energy, you know, you yeah, just can't put the energy. Right. And it's not his fault in that it's just human nature, you know, but again, yeah. I really want him to see because I think he could still help the club. And I, I mean, as we talked about in our preview show, I want to have final answers at the end of the season, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see in a couple of days when the, when the window closed. So we'll see about that. So, uh, Craig, thanks for joining me as always. Um, our as next, always. yeah, the next match is at home at Osasuna versus Osasuna nine o'clock local time. That's when we'll have our first Patreon watch party. So if you're interested in joining, become a Patreon where you can get the link until next time for Sabarsa. Podcast Network.